Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our new guest host, Chengir. How are you doing, Chengir? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So Chengir comes to us with a background in, well, recruiting and a whole bunch of things in terms of like ChemEdge and a master's, uh, sorry, a PhD in materials engineering and a whole bunch of stuff along the way. So if you were to recap a little bit about what you're up to these days, what are you doing now? Uh, today, I find myself on the people operations team at a company called Caseware. We are a fintech, original Canadian, make software for accountants and auditors. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm running talent acquisition for North America. That's awesome. And obviously you didn't start there right out the gate. Uh, I'd love if you kind of bring us back in time and talk to us a little bit about like Cheng Yir as a kid. What were you like as a, as a kid growing up? What, what are some like early fond childhood memories? Cheng Yir as a kid, like, well, I'm, uh, I'm again, just for context probably, but uh, I'm Korean. I was born and raised in Kazakhstan. So mm. I was born in Soviet Union, right? So mm. you can imagine uh, of course, I, I lived only a couple of years there and I, I remember nothing, but uh, <laughs> it probably gives you a, a context of all the complexity and multiplicity and diversity of the people from there. Yeah. Uh, fond childhood memories. I, I think it's, uh, I always keep telling everyone that it's a special blessing to, to be born into into family, into the culture that speaks Russian. I think like the complexity of language gave me a lot, but uh uh, memories were great. I'm very, again, very blessed to be born into the family uh, where people love each other, respect each other and uh, truly care. I think my parents, they have always valued education. And uh, my grandmother, she was the, the, the one with the light of knowledge. Uh, okay. She finished uh, Moscow State University with golden medal. And uh, uh, she was the one inculcating education and giving me the foundation for the future because she was the one uh, really pushing me for English and, and chemistry, which uh, eventually became my path for several years. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about that, that childhood where uh, if education is so highly prized and values, were you kind of that, that studious kid that uh, was kind of following everybody and, and in the books, or were you a little bit more of a rebel that didn't want to study and or doing it just because grandma told you to? Uh, what was that process uh, like growing up? Yes, and I think uh, this is what I, I always feel grateful to my parents for that because they felt responsible to provide the resources of knowledge. So mm. we had a huge, huge library, like always tons of books. My my dad, he's, uh, he's a seismologist. These are the folks who shake the buildings and make sure that they're <laughs> earthquake proof. And uh, my mother, she's a doctor and her, mm. her dad was a doctor, right? So I had this... Uh, medical encyclopedias on my on my shelves right so yeah. um, my parents always whenever i asked them a question they never gave me a question they never gave me an answer right? okay so they always pointed here's the here are the books at that time we uh, we didn't have google right we uh, we right. got all our knowledge from uh, from encyclopedias and, and literature and uh, yeah i think this is what what was crucial uh, to instill not just the not just the understanding that you can find uh, the knowledge in the books that right. uh, there is, a, but also uh, support this resourceful, resourcefulness, and also, um, yeah, let's always always encourage that to to be resourceful, to find and to seek knowledge by yourself, uh, to instill the love for reading, 
Yeah. And once you, once you learn how to love reading, you can then eventually progress into reading more and more complex stuff, going from things that you love to read into, uh, into things that really develop you as a human. Sounds good. So it sounds like uh, a great set of parents and family that instilled that kind of love of knowledge, but not necessarily the love of knowledge. It's more like the curiosity to go figure it out and go find it and, uh, again, have that resourcefulness. So for those out there that uh, are always kind of uh, asking for the uh, the answers from someone, that's a great thing. But sometimes being able to look it up in, let's say, a book or on the Internet or through chat GPT or whatever, <laughs> but uh, looking and being more resourceful in how you get knowledge uh, would, would be great. Um, I'd, I'd love you walked us through a little bit the kind of path that was set out. So you, you were uh, you're in uh, recruiting right now, but you started in chemical engineering. <laughs> so, so that must have been a, a bit of a uh, winding path to get there. Would love if you kind of share some of the the insights uh, that you garnered along the way. Uh, yeah, the, the story is <laughs> unremarkable. My grandmother, <laughs> she is the bright uh, bright scientist, bright chemist in the family, and she always thought that she would nurture me into someone who would. Uh, take over the torch and I think mm -hmm. it was obvious at the time for everyone that I'm not really uh, built for science I mean from the like, intellectual capacity perspective I was probably capable of doing it but okay. I never felt joy and and everything indicated in my life but I had that sense of uh, hey I need to deliver there's so much uh, so many expectations that put on me and I need to become that which is expected. So that's how I stayed in, in academia for 10 years. Mm. So bachelor in chemistry, master's in chemical engineering. I got myself into, uh, I got uh, uh, into Canada, right? Like for, uh, again, it, and it was a master's degree. I dropped out, went to Montreal, lived there. That was fun. Came back, finished finally my master's in, in, in chemical engineering. And, uh, but at that time I was, I was already changed and I knew that there, there is a world beyond my home country right. and I was looking for a way to escape. I got myself into a PhD program and that was interesting experience too. And in material science. So, um, I would say I'm all, I will always remain grateful to my grandmother because this, uh, this science background, it gives you, it gives you skills that are vital in life. Uh, I was coming to Canada thinking like, well, everyone has Google, everyone knows how to Google, but no, these are the research skills that are honed by years and years of practice to be able to process tones and tones of huge volumes of information, make sense of it, facilitate it, organize it into systems. This is not an obvious stuff. So when I came to Canada, I thought I don't have skills, but these are the skills that they've been nurtured uh, there, right? Uh, in my, uh, after my PhD, I had, uh, uh, a startup, so I was running this for two, for two years. And the same same thing, right? Uh, coming to Canada, I didn't know that these are the skills, but fundraising, ability to pitch, ability to manage the money, hire the team, mm -hmm. uh, manage the team of developers, uh, build a, build a product map, right? And uh, uh, all these are actually valuable skills uh, in the Western market. So, um, and and this was uh, this was this was the pivot. I came to the country, and uh, you, you were talking about serendipity, but it's pretty much um like a, a faith a leap of faith that like i'm gonna we can't we can't mean like we had minimum savings right and i'm just gonna jump into the new reality i'm gonna figure it out um right and uh, uh which which i did I, I came and i didn't know that this the, the first job that i got was a job developer which is practically the person who's uh, uh ironically i became that person who was bridging 
right. job seekers and companies. So um, co again, on the one side, on the candidate, it's like recruitment, but on the candidate side, right? You, right. you help them, you coach them, but on this side, you're developing the relationship and you make an introduction, right? And advocating for your, for your clients. Uh, I didn't know that this job exists. Uh, but then again, this year uh, of this contract uh, that uh, became the foundation for, for recruitment. And then I was on the hunt for a little bit after that contract. And then I met great people at the right time and they, they rolled the dice on me. And this is how I find myself in talent acquisition today. That's amazing. And if, if you're willing, I'd love if you unpacked a little bit about that, because I know there are folks listening out there where they have a path set out for them. They're, they're in STEM, doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer, any of those types of typical, uh, I call it Asian careers mm -hmm. and family traditions, they want them uh, for them. So it sounded like that, that you went through it, um, like out of the love for your grandma. <laughs> but sometimes it's hard because if you spend 10 years doing that, like, was there um, kind of a, a thought to like, I'm going to slog it out for 10 years and then figure out what I want to do? Or like, what was what was that process like, if, if you're if you're willing to share or if you have a recollection? I, w I was torturing myself, like, cause, uh, <laughs> I was thinking like, yeah, I, I got to do it. No, I, fi I will finish. I'll graduate. Like, but uh, like time after time, like you cannot deny your own being what mm. you are just naturally. And naturally, yes, again, as I said, maybe I do have intellectual capacity to do the science, but psychologically, I'm not built for that. I'm not built to be a a lab rat sit and then there are some people who enjoy puzzles right that's perfectly fine uh, but uh, i find uh, have always found my passion into humans you know like how software developers they want to always wanted to from the very ch very young age to understand how computers work i always wanted to understand how humans work right and that fueled my passion for psychology philosophy uh, like some kind of esoteric teachings maybe uh, spirituality and then eventually transformed into a skill where a coaching skill that people were you know, willing to pay pay me a lot of money right uh, communication skill in the same way right uh, which is basically i'm working three four jobs and they all based on communication right uh, so uh for those of you like as you said listening and they have a path carved out at some point you, and this is the question of um, human adulthood, at mm. some point you have to step into understanding that all the voices in your head, the conditioning of your parents, of your school teachers, of your society, these are all just voices. And mm. you'll need to understand who you truly are and uh, carve your own path because uh, there's no other human, right? There is no other, uh, there's no other Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or um, Joe Rogan for that sense, and, uh, <laughs> you, you have to, uh, find it. And it's not like you have to, it's either, if it's in you, it will reveal itself. If it's sure. not in you, it's not there. Right. And there is nothing that anyone will be able to prescribe, do this, follow this step by step, follow this how to's, and you will be able to, uh, to, uh, manifest this in life. This is nonsense, right? If, yeah. I, if even if Steve Jobs himself will write like absolute step-by-step -step detailed blueprint on how to become him, you will never become him. And, yeah. and people understand it on a logical level, but for some reason, it's a virus that's, uh, it's an infestation in, in humans' mind everywhere to be the follower, to ask what I should do. There's no should, right? You have to figure it out and you have to exercise your own intelligence. For sure. 
Yeah, and I, and I find it's not necessarily a matter of should, it's more a matter of like could. Like if you see, oh, Steve Jobs did that, uh, Chengir did that, uh, Luki did that, or well, at least now I know the possibilities there. Whereas if you don't even ha have that modeled for you, then you might not even see that that's a, a possibility. Like you said, you, you didn't realize that uh, like a job developer was even a thing. But once you experience it, oh, wow, now my world is, is open and there's so many different things. Uh, would you be able to, to pinpoint, I guess, or even recall a little bit about kind of that own revelation in yourself? Like, was it like younger or older where you realize, okay, I found this interest in psychology, philosophy, and people, but meanwhile, there's this path in tech uh, or, or in, in, in engineering that is carved out for me, uh, and they're a little bit at odds. Like, how did you find yourself kind of finding that voice and nurturing it in yourself so that folks can kind of say, oh, there's a possibility that maybe I, I could do that for myself. It's a very loaded question, but uh, <laughs> I, bit, I would yeah. also say, but like to, to the first comment that you've mentioned, absolutely, right? Like always, uh, and this is the first principle, foundation principle that they, you must remember, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like, of course, and, yeah. and this is why, uh, again, speaking of serendipity, serendipity doesn't function just by itself. Like I think yeah. uh, here comes the concept of luck, right? Like uh, people misunderstand concept of luck. And I think Naval Ravikant talks a lot about it, but there are four types of luck. There's a blind luck. You walk on the street, you find money, right? Like this, or you are born into a family, into this body with this brain. These are the factors that you don't control, right? right? And, like, absolutely, right? There, there is a lack of movement. Right. Like, for example, like with job hunting, you go out there, you stir the environment, something pops out of it. Right. That's that's the luck that you only partially control. But then there is luck of ability to discern luck. Right. Like once you develop your intellect, you will become you will grow in your ability to recognize what is the opportunity in front of you. And if that's the right opportunity, this only is possible if you grow your intelligence as a human. And uh, luck four is uh, the luck of uh, uh, your uniqueness, right? Mm. When you become known as the best at the game and you build your reputation just because of your capabilities and skill set and people recognize you for that, they start, and also you know, not only for your skill set, but for your integrity, this is when deals start to flow through you. People come to you and they will offer you opportunities, right? So uh, that's one. And answering the second half of your question, like how, first of all, there's no how there's not, there's not, there's like, well, what, if you're looking for a prescription, you're not going to find it here. I'm not yeah. going to prescribe it. And uh, whoever tells you that they can prescribe your way to success, this is complete, B, call complete BS and never listen. Right. Yeah. Uh, however, right. Like the, the, and again, understanding the fundamental principle behind it is to understand what you truly are. You need to understand what you are not. And then, and that is like, like the layers and the layers of illusions that your mind is imposing on you, right? If you think that you're your name, think carefully. If you think that yeah. you're a physical body, think again. If you think that you're your thoughts, think again. If you think you're your emotions, think again. If you think that you are your experience, think again. And then, and then again, I don't want you to think. I don't want you to journal. I don't want you to meditate just because I said so, <laughs> yeah. right? If it's, if this desire to know the truth is in you, you probably are listening to this podcast and it's not an accident already. Right. right. But uh, if it's not there, it's not there. Yeah. No, I think that's amazing in terms of like the feedback. So again, what I took out of that, well, I, I didn't have that uh, understanding of the four different types of luck. So I think that was a, a new, um, I guess, 
a perspective or a categorization that, that I learned. So I think that's super helpful because a lot of folks, yeah, point to others and say, oh, they're lucky, but well, there's different types of lucks. And I think uh, teasing them apart, it's definitely helpful. And to your point about things like whatever, journaling, meditation, or finding yourself, all that, they're all tools and they can be helpful. But to, to your, I guess, base point, if it's your, in, it, in yourself to reveal itself, then it'll come out whether the tools are there or not. And the tools are just there maybe to, to help you a, a little bit. And definitely we got a little bit uh, philosophical there. And, and I think that that's amazing. Um, and from that, I guess, if we pick up back into your life where you, as a job developer and you had someone take a bet on you and, and got you into talent development, can you describe a little bit of, of that process? Because it sounds like mm -hmm. you had more of like the luck of movement, the luck of like discerning those opportunities and probably uniqueness in there as well that you kind of created for yourself in order to have the people take a bet on you. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, how that happened? Absolutely. And I think like, the, I think yeah, when we talk about this point and just using Chingir as a human and looking at his experience of how he yes. secured the role, there is a story, right? Like they, uh, the, that organization, they organized a job fair. And uh, normally I would come uh, as, as I did, like uh, dressed up, groomed up, I had my resume <laughs> printed and there's people from all over the city who came there. I think they have, they've thought about the capacity of about 100 people. There were probably like 350 people there. Okay. So super crowded, noisy, chaotic and a very weird type of job fair because the employers who came there to um, or I mean, the, the managers who came there to represent their companies, they have not collected the resumes, right? They've just, okay. uh, here's the, here's our company. Here's the career website. If you, if you would like to apply, please apply. So lots sure. of people were super pissed about that. And, um, uh, of course, uh, after some time I realized, you know, it's not going to work. I'm just going to leave. But before I leave, I'm going to give a peace of mind to these people who are running around and they orga organize this job fair. And I've noticed that many of them actually speak in Russian. So I come to one person and I'm saying like, hey, miss, like, like, can we talk? Before I leave, like, I want to give you feedback about this event. And she's like, oh, like, shut up. Like, are you looking for a job? Like, give me, give me your resume. And she takes my resume from me, reads it like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. interesting. All right, wait, stay here. She runs away, comes back, brings another lady. Actually, another lady is looking at the resume like, hmm, 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 interesting. You're looking for a job? We have a job. Like, what kind of job? <laughs> okay. Job developer. What the hell is a job developer? <laughs> like, come there. This is the time. This is the date. Come. I went, uh, I went to the shop, buy myself a suit. I come, like, super polished, you know, like, a tie, like, full there. I don't know, like, what's, what's, uh, what to expect, right? And, uh, yeah, like, two, two weeks, two interviews, and uh, I, 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 had, uh, I had my first offer. And... In the retrospective, what was interesting, right? When I talked to the to my manager after a year, like, why did you hire me? And she said, like, out of three hundred people, you were the only one who came and talked to us. Okay. Three hundred job seekers who were hungry for job never actually talked to the organizers of the fair, right? Who are logically the most connected people who know the the, the employers right yeah so yeah. four types of luck everything is luck you need to be at the right time at the right place but to be there at the right time, the right place, you need to get out of your bed. You yeah. need to dress up. You need to groom up. You need to be prepared for the opportunity to present yourself. You need to, uh, and, and again, when the opportunity presents yourself, do you have the mind that will be able to convert this opportunity further into a real, a real situation, a real scenario in life, right? So, uh, yeah, that was a fun story. Second story is the same thing, the way I, I got a job at Caster. Like, I think, uh, um, 
it's also interesting. We didn't get there, but I think for your audience, stories always tell more, right? But for sure, um, yeah. so I finished that contract and I thought like, you know, like I, I'm the job developer. I know everything I can, <laughs> I, I'm going to get a job like within two weeks. And it was November. And uh, I, I didn't realize that, well, like part of me probably realized that uh, Canada goes into hibernation, November, mm -hmm. December, January, like it starts to melt out only probably going into March when the market starts picking up. Uh, I thought like, it's going to take me two weeks to get a new, new role. I know everything. And, <laughs> and that was a huge, uh, like ego crushing experience, right? Like a, a very humbling experience. Uh, but it took me 111 days, right? Mm -hmm. to, to secure another role. Uh, but during this 111 days, what I didn't stop doing, I was, um, uh, I was still consistently posting on LinkedIn. Right. Okay. And I understood like a voice in my, again, there is this voice in my head, like, oh, who is this guy? He's jobless and teaching people how to get jobs. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> right. Uh, but then again, I, I trust this, trust my system, trust the process. Like even though, even though I'm going through this. I will still be pushing the content, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then I joined the community of uh, of this person whose name is Martin Hawk. Martin, if you're listening to this, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a Slack community for HR and talent acquisition professionals. If you're looking to enter the space, this is the space to be in. Uh, he is uh, oh, shameless plug, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I love the community because they they gave me the opportunity, right? And. I joined the I joined the community. He's calling me like after I don't know. I already forgot that uh, that I joined. Um, probably like twenty twenty five days in, and he's calling me out of the blue again. As I said, mm. normally I would be dressed up, groomed up, prepared. Um, I'm just uh, uh, yeah. I'm like in my home t shirt. My hair is messy. I'm just like <laughs> sitting like this. It's a COVID time too, right? And um, and we have we said okay. The guy wants to have a coffee chat. And we're talking, we're talking. I'm like 20, 25 minutes into the conversation. I realized like, hey, are you interviewing me? It's like, oh, <laughs> actually, yeah, like I have a job. I was like, oh, and then uh, I say, sorry, like I'm sitting on three offers and I want to give you false promises. I was like, yeah, cool, do it. No worries. Like Martin's here, super chill. And then later in the evening, he texts me like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to wait until next week when you tell me that you accept it, right? Like, let me organize some, some chats for you. And then like this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I had three calls. And then Friday evening, I had an offer and I looked wow. at that offer and uh, I looked at the other things and I never looked back <laughs> again, the lesson in the retrospective, when I asked Martin, like, what's, uh, what, what happened? Why did you give me a shot? Because I was a, I was a complete gamble, right? Like the guy right. like with weird education, uh, <laughs> coming, like chemists coming, nothing like no education in HR, no recruitment experience. Why would he be a good recruiter? He said, you know what, like when I start, when I joined, uh, when we connected on LinkedIn, I was looking at your content. I was looking at your profile and I didn't like you at all because you had this, <laughs> you had this smug face. I was like wearing the suit. I was standing something like this. I had like some smart ass quote on my banner. And uh, he said like, oh, you look like a, like a smug, uh, smart ass, arrogant <laughs> asshole. Right. And I, did, I, I didn't want to talk to you, but then I was reading your content. It was popping up and I started reading it. And I, and, and I, and I had this cognitive dissonance. How come I have this image in my head, but there is an actual substance of what I read and there's this person is completely different. And then of yeah. course we jumped on the call and you showed me your, your true self. And it's not, uh, uh, it, it's, it's not what I thought at all. Right. Yeah. And, um, uh, and then, yeah, so this is how 
this is how the opportunity will find you. You need to be like as a first rule of marketing. In order for idea to propagate, you need to place it in the medium where it can propagate. And I guess for personal branding, it's the same. In order for people to discover you, you must be first discoverable. Right. That's amazing. So awesome story there. And uh, it reminds me of the quote, uh, be so good that they can't ignore you, right? So it seems like that you were just there, smug face or whatever. <laughs> he still had to reach smug out Smug face you. is still here. It didn't do it. You know, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm born with this face. Like, uh, but uh, yeah, like, and uh, this is a great, uh, this is a great book, right? By Cal Newport. All his yes. books are, are very, very interesting. I think that deep work like changed me completely. But okay. this rule functions in the same way in the corporate, like once I joined. Once I joined, yeah. like I've been told by people like, hey, placing, closing like three roles, it's impossible, right? right? But you have to take this notion of and understand what is the notion of people? What do they think that's impossible? And then crush it. Yeah. And that's, again, ties back to like uh, you're saying, like carving the past, right? Like th there was no past carved for Steve Jobs. He built himself for Elon sure. Musk. He built himself, right? There is no past for you out there. If you want to be yeah. one of a kind and only one, the niche of one, you'll have to build your own path. Sounds good. And uh, there's obviously a lot of swike and a lot of uh, guidance tools, uh, philosophical notions there, which you uh, garnered through kind of the coaching world. <laughs> I'd love if you shared a little bit about how that happened. When did the first uh, kind of semblance of, of coaching uh, get into your head that, hey, I should be doing this on, on a regular basis? Was that like after the job developer or somewhere around there? Uh, when, when did you start getting into coaching? It's the, it's the same thing. Like it's, it's, if it's in you, it's in you. And it has been in me always. Like since, since I was a teenager, I was the type of friend or that other friends come for advice, mm. right? What do I have to say? But, uh, again, and as you progress in life, you start again, your, if you especially do it intentionally, the depths of your self knowledge increases, right? And then on yeah. the other hand, you start noticing that these are this what other people are paying attention to. And this is this is the type of problems that they have and they want someone to help them solve. Right. And it's just uh, connects. You're probably familiar with the concept of Ikigai. And yep. uh, yeah, like I coach in a similar way, a more simplified version of uh, three spheres. Right. This is hmm. uh, this is a sphere. What you what you love doing. This is the sphere what people already pay for. And this is what's uh, um, what's your what, what's your skill set. And, hmm. uh, and the intersection of it, right, is what you can value, what you can offer of value to the world. So mm -hmm. it's just been increasingly progressing throughout all my life. And of course, uh, being in job development, job coaching is a is a big element. Being in talent acquisition, you're it's like talent acquisition is coaching. I coach candidates to go through their career transitions and I right. coach hiring managers how to be how to hire better talent. Right. Yeah. In in my own business like when when i coach people right like they of course uh they bring with one thing they say one thing but then you pull the thread and everything uh, everything comes out because the, the real people do not know what's the real uh issue there because the the deeper uh deeper issues the deeper things that truly are uh causing the problems right they are normally unrevealed and uh, uh they are hidden from from the awareness of the person who I talk to. 
that's amazing. And it sounds like your education and the research foundations are kind of uh, resurfacing where, uh, whether it be coaching, whether it be talent acquisition, whether it be like creating content and producing things, there's this kind of research and understanding is like, oh, what's working? What can I do better? And then from there, you become so good that they, they, they can't ignore you. So when you go out, uh, then you get that uh, uniqueness luck, <laughs> as you said, because you're out there, it's like, ah, oh, I, I, need, I need to talk to this guy and, and I need to learn a little bit more. Um, Thank you. It seems like the, that's propagating there. So um, as we kind of cl close out, because I'm sure we can go on for, for a long time, but if we went back and found some other uh, swipe, the stuff I wish I knew earlier, maybe like one or two that you haven't shared, because you've obviously shared a whole, whole bunch, what would be one or two other pieces of uh, advice that you'd have for young Chengir? Uh, I, I don't know, maybe as you were going through uh, like the, the early parts, that 111 days maybe, mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe even earlier, like one or two of the, the pivotal um, milestones in your life. What are some of the swike that you share with, with your younger self? I like the concept of swike. And, and then again, I want to be very careful here. I don't do advice and whatever I say, <laughs> I, I don't want people to absorb this in a prescriptive way. However, right. like if, if I was able to go through the past and talk to my younger self, I would say, uh, seek truth, seek realization, mm. never compromise. Uh, most importantly, especially for the younger self, because I was really, really dumb and I'm, I did a lot of stupid shit in my life, <laughs> right? I would say, um, life is not a draft, right? Mm. It's not, that's the first lesson that I realized very, very late. Like what, like, cause I've been through everything. I've been a smoker, a drink, an alcoholic, a substance abuser, right? Like, and uh, I've got to the point where like, there was only one more step and like, it probably my dead body would, would be found somewhere in a dirty motel, <laughs> but, um, um, life is not a draft. Whatever you do, everything you do is, it counts, right? So you, you either, uh, you either create and you build and you design yourself and we, uh, or again you 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 destroy yourself right mm -hmm. and um people people change themselves for through two through two things it's either despair or inspiration and sometimes you have to make your way from the first to the latter right sometimes you need to know the whole depths of your despair the whole depths of your suffering in order to start asking the right question. What is the nature of my suffering? Like Buddha did, right? Like he, mm -hmm. he, he escaped the palace where he was like in heaven and uh, uh, pampered and taken care of. And he went and he was looking pain until he started asking questions. What is the nature of pain? What is the nature of my mind? Who am I truly? Right. And, and again, if if it is in you if you truly seek truth right you you will be seeking truth for younger talent out there i probably again look into myself for young people out there i wish i had someone like me i wish i had an elder <laughs> brother i wish i had a mentor i wish i had a coach like me who would say like 99.9999 people have no freaking idea they're lost they're mm -hmm. confused don't listen to anyone and uh it's it's uh this is probably ties to the mission of, and, and the reason why I push content, right? I, um, this is the legacy. I, I don't want to say legacy. Legacy is more of an ego word, right? But, sure. um, that's, that's the best thing. That's uh, one of the best thing that uh, probably a man can do, not from the ego perspective, but just for, uh, sort of 
yeah, I, I don't want to use the word legacy, but to leave something <laughs> behind to sure. to make this world better is to educate generations. So kudos to you for your podcast, for inviting great, amazing people. And uh, if you're listening to this, like, uh, yeah, you're on the right track. Keep going. <laughs> Sounds good. Again, a, a lot of amazing things there, which uh, I'm sure each and every one of them could probably be a whole podcast episode on its own. I, I love what you said about uh, life is not a draft, right? Like the way that is that was said speaks to me for a lot of the the, the folks that that I connect with as as well, because uh, I could always do it later. Uh, there's always time. There's all that sort of stuff. A lot of folks uh, might be in that um, plane. Uh, not so much on the like uh, wake up dead in a CD motel <laughs> type of thing, but even those folks that are um, kind of just just going with the flow and um, not not in any particular purposeful path. Um, I think that could be an, an interesting uh, thought that that they consider in, in their own head. Um, but uh, yeah, I, again, a lot of great things. Wondering if you can share a little bit of your future aspirations. What are you up to in, in the next little while? And if folks want to reach out to you, where could they connect with you? Um, I, because of my work, like I live and breathe LinkedIn. I post <laughs> daily. I'm like getting back into Medium game. But LinkedIn, I post daily. Medium, almost daily. I pu try to push as much as possible content uh, on YouTube, right? Just because I that's my Auto automation way to replicate myself talking and uh, <laughs> about the same things over and over again. Um, but um, yeah, honestly, uh, don't follow me. Don't follow anyone, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you have to investigate, not to have to, right? Like I, I want to encourage even people, I would say the one who is serious would investigate their own life. The one who is serious would be looking into their life and trying to understand the truth and what's what truly matters and self-realization is the only one thing that matters right amazing even in the contact information you're throwing down truth bombs where like don't follow him because uh you don't want someone that just prescriptively takes whatever you say you want someone to research investigate and try it for yourself whatever is internal for you so uh amazing conversation and thanks so much for sharing your, your story and uh, hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode thanks for having me take care thanks Jengir. thanks for joining us on the swike stuff i wish i knew earlier the podcast if you like the podcast please subscribe on itunes stitcher or wherever you found this podcast and if you can give us a review that would be very appreciated Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.